This is part three of a three-part podcast. Hi, my name's Ryan. I've been a supporter of Paul's for many years now. I wish to get the podcast and video creation part of the system we call Paul back up to full speed. And I think Patreon support is a big part of that system. Go over to patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton. Make a pledge for each artifact that Paul creates. Again, the site is patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton. You can also find the link in the podcast notes. Enjoy the podcast. So, um, I like the idea of being uh, respectful and providing some... This is sounding a little bit slow. What? Sorry, I thought you stopped talking, but I think my internet just, just started glitching, so I couldn't hear you. Oh. Are you guys hearing me okay? Uh, you sound you sound fine. Okay. This is a, we're approaching the time of day when my neighbors all come home and start watching the internet. Uh oh. Glitchy <laughs> <laughs> too there for a bit, but it was it felt more like it was Paul's connection than yours. Okay. Um, oh, now now we're really losing it. Yeah, I I agree from the marketing perspective. Okay. I, I, I'm going to just keep <laughs> So from the marketing perspective, yeah, you want them to see something worth clicking. Um, and whether that's the intrinsic mission of the project or whether it's something they get, but you gotta, you gotta get them. Uh, I did not get a lot of pledges at the $1 level, even though we loaded it with a crap ton of stuff. I think I had less than 10 pledges that were between $1 and $5, and the rest of them all went for the 20 and 30 And so I, I was not working that angle for whatever whatever reason. The way I tried to do it didn't happen. But the other thing is you have to be able to deliver on the stuff that you pack in there. And so I felt like, like in terms of, Lessons I narrowly miss learning the hard way. Nothing in those levels should be things that you still have to create. They should all be done in the can. If you have some exclusive stuff that's in the can that you can put out there, um, if you want me to do a, a write-up that's like a, a, a written thing, if writing's not your thing and you want me to do that, let's do it before you launch. So you've already got it. You can deliver it, and you can deliver it cheaply. You're not spending money to get that dollar. Um and yeah, people will hopefully um, go up from there. Um, but yeah, that was that was the thing that I got concerned about is is especially with like working collaborators contributions. If you if I don't have a way to give people the streaming link to your video of us, and then people contact me to ask how do I get that? Like that's you don't you don't want to put yourself out where you can you can end up not being able to deliver on something that you put in there just to try. Right, Erica, your internet is really. Uh, one of the things I thought was. Okay. So I I went ahead and and I'm I'm uh, I put you on mute for now because I keep trying to say Erica your internet is cutting out and then you don't hear me say that so you keep talking so I uh, um, let's let's give your internet a chance to I don't know maybe smooth out a little bit. But um, I want to state that during the World Domination Gardening uh, Kickstarter that we introduced the idea of the $1 reward while we were in the middle of the Kickstarter. And um, uh, I want to address the part where it's, it sounds like, well, we didn't get very many people doing the $1 thing. And it's like, 
yeah, during when we introduced it, we didn't get very many people that supported it at one dollar. But what we did have happen is we suddenly got ten times more people supporting the Kickstarter each day. Um, and so I think we were like we had something like I don't know a. Uh, Maybe 20 people a day. Well, maybe my numbers are going to go. Maybe 20 people a day were supporting the Kickstarter before, and then we were seeing something more like 80 people a day or 90 people a day supporting the Kickstarter once we introduced the one dollar thing. So um, it went from uh, something where uh, uh, people were like, "No, nah, I'm going to pass on this," to something where, "Well, I'm in, and as long as I'm in for a dollar, I might as well support a higher level." So I think it turned out to be a very smart thing, um, you know, strategically if you're going to do a Kickstarter. And at the same time, I kind of feel like it is way better than those Kickstarters that are like, for $5, I'm going to send you good vibes. So currently for my Kickstarter, at the $1 level, you get the Culture micro-documentary, the Karen Feeding of a Rocket Mass Heater micro-documentary, the PDF version of the permaculture playing cards, uh, the rocket cooker canner forge plans, uh, the natural beekeeping presentation, the 21 podcast review of Sepp Holzer's book, and public thanks. So a lot of Kickstarters you'll see that it, for some small amount they'll give you public thanks. And then what they mean is is that they'll paste your name up on uh, Facebook where it will disappear in a uh, in two days. But we put it out at Permies where it's perennial and thousands of people will see it. Plus, we've kind of come up with a pretty cool little thing that displays your name in a funky little, you know, dumaflachi. But, you know, if you go to the Kickstarter, we have a link to it. You can kind of go see what we did for the last Kickstarter. I think it's pretty cool. Um, everybody's name is embedded in this bunch of uh, graphic flames, and um, uh, when you hover over it, it'll make the names bigger. So it's a, I don't know, it's a pretty cool thing. I think. All right. So the other thing is, is that if you've got real substance at the $1 level, um, Kickstarter, I think, I mean, they have the popular list, and so you can kind of go and you can look at, like, what's popular on Kickstarter. And... Um, I think that the list is determined entirely by uh, the number of people that support your Kickstarter, not the amount of money that you get. And so if you've got a 100 people who each put in a buck, that's going to be way higher up on the list than if you got one person who put in a 100 bucks. So um, I, I think it's wise to try to entice people at a dollar. Um, and, and that way you can get on the popular list. You go way up on Kickstarter, then more people see the Kickstarter. And in fact, right now, I wish, I, I think I might send something on the daily-ish and ask people, um, hey everybody, can you support my Kickstarter for just a dollar? And if we can get like a few hundred people who will just put in a dollar, That'll get it to go up high enough that people might hear the word permaculture for the very first time on Kickstarter. And so, I don't know, it's a thing. It could be tried. All right. Um, Erica, I am now unmuting you. You can, you can try to speak again. I'm not sure how good our internet connection is though. 
uh, well, let's see. Can you hear me? It's terrible. <laughs> it's awful. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you sound okay. like a robot. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was I was just going to say on the $1 level, I thought the, the, the ones that gave the least but that were still interesting to me were the ones where they did something like my grandmother's recipe for cheesecake. Okay. So it might not, like, it might not be a pile of stuff, but it's something that says it's a personal connection. You're giving something that means something to me, and I'm going to give something that's easy to deliver, but that, that might mean something to both of us. Okay. So anyway, but, yeah, I think I think loading it up with some good stuff for a dollar is a very good idea. I will go back on mute. Okay. The, uh, um, the next thing I want to say about rewards is not too many. Um, we did have a Kickstarter a while back where we had a lot of different rewards and, um, and we even made the mistake where we had two different rewards at $60. And, um, and then we had people that seemed to want to have both of the things like they paid. I think it was like if you paid $60, you could either have eight DVDs as a digital download, or you could have four physical DVDs. And and they were offered as two separate rewards. One was called eight download, and the other one was called four DVD. And so then we had people that selected eight download, and then they were like, where the fuck is my, are my physical DVDs? I paid $60. It said that I got to have eight downloads and... Uh, the four physical DVDs. I'm still waiting for the physical DVDs. But it, you know, and it said really clearly inside of it that it's like if you select this reward, you get four DVDs. Select this other reward, you get eight downloads. So I kind of feel like, man, I'm never doing that again. Um, where I have, you know, two different rewards that just happen to have the same price. So I guess like if you go into a grocery store and a bottle of ketchup is five dollars, and a loaf of bread is $5, you can go in there and pay $5 and walk out of the store with, like, 87 different items is the way that they were thinking. But, um, all right, so we're not going to – then, and then plus, when you have enough rewards on there, then, then people, like, could get tired of reading all the different rewards. So we're making a point I, – I massively – I massively agree. <laughs> I had 22 different reward tiers by the time I got done because you start with a certain number and then people suggest, do you know, I'd really like to get all of those things in a, in a new package. So I think I added two or three new categories during. And then it was it was just like I it was hard to fit it all on one spreadsheet to see what I had promised people. So if I was doing it again, I would probably start with something like no more than ten reward tiers. If I could, I'd start with like six and then add some based on the audience interaction. Like just keep it super super simple. And Paul, you might want to speak to the the, the idea that people expect to get. If you start saying everything else, like everything below this plus this thing, that's a pattern that people get to expect. And, and if they, they don't get it when you say you get this or that. And I found it was really hard to track. If I said in the reward, like this reward, you can choose electronic or paper. 
people did not get that, and I could not track it easily. So I would, I, I think one of the cool things with Kickstarter now, so it's been two years since I've used Kickstarter. And so this year I'm, I'm using it, and they've got a whole bunch of new features. And so I think that one of the cool things that they've done is that it automatically supports a list of items and that you might have rewards later that will include the same item. So you can just list it over again. And um, so that's that's been good. Because the other thing is, is like you say something like, uh, oh, and um, like one of the one of the rewards that we had in the previous Kickstarter, we labeled it as glory. I think it was $10, and it included a whole bunch of stuff at the previous level, which included a bunch of stuff at the previous level, you know, and so we tried to be really clear about that, but I think people got confused. It's like, well, I don't want to support the higher level because then I won't get the thing that I want at the lower level. Oh, no, that's included. That's why it says it includes everything in glory. And and it's like, um, I'm, I, I hear you saying that, but it doesn't say that. So I'm not going to – so fortunately now um, – you know, we've got these these big, big long lists, and it, you know, yeah, you can. Um, uh, it, it helps to show. It's a different way of displaying what all you get, so you can show the full list. Um, that would have been really helpful. Yeah, I think. I, I think when it comes to having too many rewards, I do think that you need to start off with fewer, and um, and then later you do need to add a couple. You need to be flexible. I think in every Kickstarter I've done, I've added a couple during the Kickstarter, and that's that's really important. You, you need to be able to do that. You want to be able to do that. But um, uh, I have had some people that are like, you know, I want you to add these rewards, and it's kind of like, I can't help but think that you'd be the only person that would get that reward. And, and it seems like <laughs> when I said, okay, and I added the reward, and then nobody ever took it. And it's like, mm-hmm. so that reward wasted space. Um, so I, I think you gotta, you gotta kind of, you know, judge. Now in this particular, in the Kickstarter we're having right now, I am really surprised. We found, it seems like people have more of an interest in streaming than in downloading. And then I kind of thought, okay, it has to do with how people are kind of getting into this space of like, um, they like Netflix instant view. And, and so I found a cheap way to do, to do streaming, streaming like Netflix Instant View rather than downloading a bunch of MP4 files. And by the way, if you're going to download, um, uh, 220 hours of video, you're, you're looking at a hundred gigabytes. And for a lot of people on their laptop, that might be bigger than the amount of available space that they even have on their computer. But check this out. More than twice as many people are currently signed up for download than for the streaming. And we offer the download at a higher price because we were able to get such a sweet deal on the streaming. And so it's kind of like, whoa, that is weird. So, there you go. A, a bit of an odd thing. Um, all right, moving right along. 
quick question. Uh, okay. Um, is it still the case that once you have posted a description for a reward and someone has pledged on that, you can know, you can't edit or change or add information to that offer once it's posted and, and pledged? I have not tried to test that on this Kickstarter. But I do know on my last Kickstarter, I wanted to edit the item to say we're adding more to this level. Mm-hmm. And it and it said you cannot edit it once somebody has bought it. So so, so that's – it's getting down in the weeds a little bit. Juliana, I don't know if, if this is a level of detail that's useful to you, but, but I thought that was – in terms of – Starting with a very small number of rewards that I feel like are solid, it's easier as you go along to add a whole nother reward category, a whole nother tier than it is to edit the rewards. That 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 is actually very helpful because I I didn't know that. I thought I had to put them all up at the same time. And I know some of my higher tiers felt pretty high, uh, like I wanted to offer them because people had asked for them, but they still felt pretty high. So if you if you're not sure about it or you want to like let someone ask it in the comments and have it feel like like it's demonstrating your cooperation even if only one person pledges it it's like building that interactivity it's I, I my experience was it was worth holding off and having more room to do that and I would have wanted to ideally only do that a couple of times but it's worth be, it's worth keeping that in you know keeping something back that you can put out thank later. you. All right, moving right along. Um, the next thing is is that uh, don't let the descriptions get too big for the rewards. Um, uh, I think my descriptions are currently pretty big, but I've seen some Kickstarters where they were, like, way, way, way too big. Um, good description, lots of good pictures, uh, lots of substance. I've seen a lot of Kickstarters where... Like, I got really bored trying to read their description. Like, it's, I kind of have this feeling like, that doesn't even make sense. What are they even talking about? Um, so uh, I think I think spending some time to put some polish on the description is well worth it. Um, on my very first Kickstarter, I have a note here uh, to say that the, the rewards are pretty – oh, okay – on my first Kickstarter, I said, I want to make a YouTube video, and I need the equipment to make this YouTube video. I need $800, and I got $1,100. But the thing is, is that the rewards, I couldn't do much because I'm going to want to give this YouTube video away for free. And so um, it's not like there's a, a thing that's being produced that they can buy. And um, so this – this turned out, this is, I've seen a lot of people do this kind of model. Like, I want to make a thing and give it away for free. And uh, Kickstarter doesn't support that really well. However, what I did do is I said, I'll put your name in the video. And um, so that was like most of the money that I got was putting people's names in the video. Um, and but yeah, I got a total of eleven hundred dollars. Not an enormous amount of money, but you know, it did. It was my first experience. Um, 
Oh, I think I was, I was asked, I was uh, um, interviewed not long ago by Diego Footer for his podcast. And he asked, what's the secret for um, having a, a Kickstarter that's well-funded? And I, my response was, I was going to start off by saying it's the Permies community, but I ended up changing that. And I changed it to being, I think it's kind of like it's the gift economy. And I have to admit that I really I don't know what the real definition of gift economy is, but but I think what it is is that I've helped so many different people over the years with their projects. So then, um, for example, I helped other people with their Kickstarters, and uh, other people were like trying to you know drum up interest in their blog, and I helped them, or their YouTube channel, and I helped them. And all these different people that I helped over the years, and then when the time comes that I'm doing a Kickstarter, then I go back to those people and I say, hey, if you use this link, I'll give you a 20% kickback for whoever supports my Kickstarter. And I think I wrote it down here. Oh, here we go. Um, I made up 83 referral codes and handed out 83 referral codes and 20 of them have been used. So of course, you know, for some of these people I said, they're like, Oh, can you help, help, can you support my Kickstarter? And I would say, sure. And when the next time I do a Kickstarter, then you'll support my Kickstarter, right? Yeah, I'll do that. So I'm here to tell you three quarters of the people who say that they'll do that. Don't. <laughs> Probably no big surprise there. Um, but well, and some of us are just not as good at it as you are either. Like, like I, I have put my code out a few times, but I think you said it's like been used once for one dollar. I could go look at the stats real quick and tell you how how much we've gotten back. But I also know, didn't you just send out an, another? Like you sent something out today. I. Yesterday. Yeah, yesterday night. It might actually technically have been today. So yeah, it just, and that's the thing is, is I, I like to write and so I'm much more comfortable putting out three pages of dense verbiage than I am putting out something quick with an image and a paragraph. <laughs> and it's, it's like the, the modern marketing methods for like quick videos, quick image and Facebook and stuff. Like I suck at those things because I'm too wordy. Okay. <laughs> so it's that's where that's where it, like it'd be fun to have collaborators that are better at different things, especially if I can help them with something that I'm good at. So. Oh, I've got I've got one guy that um, he he made two mentions. Like he 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 wrote to his he has a mailing list and he posted to his mailing list. And I got $1,500 from that. And then he mentioned, he, he mentioned it again a second time. And then he went from 1500 to 5000 And so, I don't know, mentioning it twice apparently does more. You, you know, you would think that if you mentioned it once, you mentioned it again, the second time would be pointless. Everybody who wanted to support it would have supported it on the first time. But I don't know. If they hear it twice, maybe it's more believable than if they hear it only once. But um, I thought that was kind of an interesting thing. Um, the first time, 
$1,500. The second time, 5000 Well, and I think, I think like what Erica said is really true in that, like, for instance, I talk about you all the time on my channel, but do I remember to put up the link? Like, I, I'll put it in the video. But then I don't put the link up or I put the wrong link up and um, it doesn't mean that I'm not showing love. It just means that I don't, I need this list of things that I go through for every video because I have a, a, a huge quantity of content that goes out, but not all the dots get put there and not all the T's get crossed, unfortunately. So flakiness is probably not a virtue in friendship when you're trying to do a Kickstarter. Flakiness doesn't help. Well, and that comes back to one thing I, I would, I'm still working on is right now for me to put it on my mailing list, update it to my Kickstarter supporters, put it on my blog. There are three different formats. I have to go re-enter the links three different ways. And if I've done something with multiple entries, you know, I'm putting like eight or 10 links in there three different times. That's right. like, that's a couple of days of solid work to repeat the same message. Right. Right. When I'm writing it that length, so shorter, but also I, I'm hoping with my new website redesign to actually like get the blog on the website with a mailing list where the blog is the newsletter. <laughs> like, like it seems like really basic stuff, and that's where if I'd read that launch book before I set my website up, I don't think it was before I set my website. This is like I've. Right now, I have three or four different things I use, and they don't tie in together the way that they would if I had known about the tie-in part before I started all it. Th I think you're right. Streamlining. Streamlining is huge, and yet it's an acquired skill, and sometimes you really just need somebody who's experienced at doing it to do it for you because if you do have things disconnected and, and it, you, you run out of time to get the word out, you just run out of time and and if things are t are bogged down too much i know for me that's a big one is that marketing would be easier if i was more streamlined for sure so i'm jealous of paul's small army of skilled programmers yes like, like <laughs> if you can automate it so that this this message gets to four places and the links still work yeah that that just is that that seems like a huge advantage and i'm sure there are costs but yes so uh, as an example, there is there's an outfit that had a Kickstarter. Um, I'm going to guess it was about a year ago. Uh, I can't remember, but uh, and and I supported their Kickstarter uh, personally. I I bought the product, um, and uh, I told we told all our peeps about it. If I remember correctly, we brought them more than ten thousand dollars. Uh, the permies.com community brought their Kickstarter more than $10,000. So I contacted them and gave them a code and, and you know, asked for mention. And they told me, Oh, absolutely. They, so they replied, we're definitely going to mention this. We're going to, we have an update coming out and we'll tell all of our Kickstarter supporters about our update and we'll mention your Kickstarter. So because I bought their product, then I got the update, and it mentions the update. No mention of my Kickstarter. Wow. And so, um, and then, and then it's like the same day, almost the exact same thing happened. Um, there was a Kickstarter. I think it was going on during the World Domination Gardening Kickstarter. So I, 
I came out with my product. They still haven't come out with their product. <laughs> and it's that's years ago. Wow. And during my Kickstarter, I actually referred to their Kickstarter, and I said, theirs is more important. Their, their, their Kickstarter is more important than my Kickstarter. They are, they are doing a very cool thing. And, um, and so then I, uh, I think we brought them also like more than $10,000, uh, to their Kickstarter. Uh, and we were the, the biggest, um, contributor. So, so yay. Um, and then I emailed them about my Kickstarter and they said, yes, we're doing an update soon. And again, this one, and they, their, their update came out like the same day as the first update and, um, no mention of my Kickstarter. So all I'm trying to say is, is that, you know, you're, you're going to go out and you're going to help a bunch of people and then you're going to come back and you're going to say, can you give me a little bit of love now? And, um, I'm going to say 75% of them will, there'll be a story there of like, oops, or uh, to use my link or, <laughs> but I still sent you love. Uh, or, or whatever, but, but then, um, the, the numbers aren't, aren't showing up. So 83 referral codes were sent out. 20 of them have been used. Um, I, I think 75% might be generous. I think like, like, uh, we did the kick booster thing and we had, I think it was over a hundred. I think it might have been close to 200 people signed up as kick boosters and by, I think there were like three of them that had any kind of significant input. And, and there were, by the end of the first page, we were down to people that only had one, one conversion. And that first page might have been the first dozen people. So it's like a very tiny number of people who are willing to try are actually effective at making something happen for you. So, I, I, that it's a good is, thing you already have a big list of supporters you can reach directly. Well, okay, yes, yes, that that's very true. <laughs> um, uh, and and I yeah, but uh, I I went to go sign up for Kick Booster um, for this Kickstarter, and they uh, they said okay, now we have to have like all this access to your Google Analytics, and I just kind of felt like. Um, I can't, I mean, it seemed like the default was is that it was going to just go into all of my stuff. And I manage a lot of websites, and I kind of felt like I'm not comfortable sharing that. And I'm sure that there's a way to, to say, you are allowed to see only this little tiny one, which is somehow tapped into Kickstarter. Um, but uh, I... It's like it was going to take some time to figure it all out, and I just didn't take the time to figure it all out. So I still haven't set up with Kickbooster. In the meantime, what I've done is is that inside of Kickstarter, if you go inside of the um, uh, dashboard, then there's this thing where you can set up a tracking code. And I've just told people that if you use this tracking code, I will give you a kickback of 20%. Um and and I just passed that around. Oh, and here's another funny thing as part of that is I have probably received 20 spam messages through Kickstarter that say, 
congratulations on starting a Kickstarter. Um, we will sell you services to promote your Kickstarter. And I kind of have to wonder if they just take money and do nothing or if they take money and they do something, but whatever the something is, is so pathetic, it won't really make any difference. So on for each one of those, I gave them one of these codes. So out of my 83 referral codes, about 20 of them are passed off to people who I don't know who they are at all. And... Um, uh, you know, they're just selling some kind of marketing service. Anyway, ready to go on to the next topic? Yes. Okay. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, so the, the moral of the story was I supported lots of other Kickstarters and, and similar sort of stuff. Um, let's see. Uh... Stretch goals and additional rewards. So I do think it's important to give an update every six days or so. And um, uh, to be able to say, okay, um, here's how we're doing. And uh, not a lot of time, hopefully if you're doing really well, then you're going to say, we have a new stretch goal. And or we've, a, we've got some additional rewards. I hope you like some uh, things, things of that nature. It's, it's good to keep putting stuff out. Now, I, I think another big thing is that if you've got a Kickstarter and it's based on homesteading or permaculture, then by all means, announce it at Permies. It's like, I don't know how many people wrote to me and said, will you promote my Kickstarter? And I said, do you have a Permies thread? And they said, get this, what is Permies? And I'm kind of thinking, like, why are you writing to me to to promote your Kickstarter, and you don't even know, you know, what my thing is promoting your stuff? That's crazy. Yeah, and so then, so then I um, I say, well, well, how about this? Why don't you go out to Permies and make a thread for it, and that'll promote your Kickstarter. That alone will promote your Kickstarter. And then I'll be able to get a better idea about whether or not I can promote it in other ways, above and beyond that. And now sometimes people get really snotty at that point. But, you know, hopefully a few of them will actually create the, uh, the thread. But that's another big thing, too. I think right now we've, we've got a forum called crowdfunding, and we've got it set up so that Whenever anybody posts to that forum, then um, that thread will automatically get uh, $250 worth of thread boost. So instead of the, the thread being viewed by, like, maybe 300 people, it'll probably get viewed by 5,000 people. Um, and so, you'll, you know, people will get a, a big boost to their Kickstarter just by posting to the crowdfunding forum. At Permies. And the, you know, we've got similar sorts of things set up for the workshops forum and the PDC forum and, and a couple of others. But, um, it's, it's all designed to help people, you know, automatically get promotion. And then if somebody really wanted to, they could buy extra thread boost. At the bottom of the thread, there's a big button that says thread boost. And if you click on that, you can get extra thread boost. You can, you know, like put in a hundred bucks or something like that and it'll, it'll boost your thread even more. 
All right. Um, during the Kickstarter, oh, uh, during the Kickstarter, when you're when you're doing a Kickstarter, it's like it's so sad to see people who put together a Kickstarter and then they just sit there and watch the screen and see how it does, and they think that's the end of it. Um, I've got my Kickstarter going, and I try to do at least three new things every day. And there are some days when I'm going to try and do 20 new things to try and draw more attention to the Kickstarter. Um, you don't just sit there. You you have to do work. So um, uh, the other thing is, is that if there are any other active Kickstarters that are similar to try and see if you can do some cross-pollination. So, you know, um, hey, there's this other Kickstarter going on, it's pretty good. And then they'll announce, like, hey, there's this other Kickstarter, it's pretty good. So that way, you know, their people learn about your stuff and your people learn about their stuff. That's a that's a thing that you can possibly do. Um, let's see. It, it did seem like the ones that were currently happening were a little more motivated to actually swap than the ones that are like, oh, yeah, sure, in future we'll help. Right, right. And what we mean by that is we won't. <laughs> All right. I think nearly every Kickstarter is going to end up being some kind of collaboration, somebody else. And so then how do you define that? Now, personally, I like good, crisp, clean business. And one thing that I've learned is that if I'm going to do a Kickstarter with somebody and they are going to work all day long, every day, promoting the Kickstarter, finding new ways and stuff like that, then they should have a percentage. They should have a cut. Of course, there's the whole 20% thing, and and then they could go and, and pass around their link. But, you know, another possible angle on it is that they're going to find other people, and they're going to pass around the collaboration links to those people. Um but it seems like I've been in, in a couple of Kickstarters where somebody's like, I'm going to be there working all day, every day to promote the Kickstarter. So then you say, okay, your cut is going to be this percentage. And then they they don't show up. They're just not there at all. And uh, like on that Kickstarter I did that was Wood Burning Stoves 2.0, um, uh, I, I think the deal that I worked out was that Bart got half. But Bart was there all day, every day, and and he was doing um, just as much work as I was doing on promoting it, maybe even more. Um, and so he earned that half because I kind of feel like everything after a certain amount is like really needs to be going to – whoever's doing the work on the Kickstarter kind of a thing. And um, a lot of times you get into this relationship and you're, you're working out your collaboration and how to, how to divide things. And it's like, well, then you'll get like 20%. You get like 10% and you get 40%, you know, stuff like that. And then those people don't show up. And then if you get a million dollars, then those people like get a cut of a million dollars. But, you know, they didn't do anything with the promotion. So I kind of feel like the thing to do is is now 
what needs to be done is to say, okay, we got to talk about what's the bare minimum, just the bare bones, minimum amount of money. That's your goal. And so if we get this, we're going to do a first-rate job. We're going to do an excellent job on providing this. And then find out, like, what's your dream amount? What would be a, What would be just fat money, uh, you know, if, if you did this? And, and like, the, the, the Kickstarter did really well. And basically, I think the thing to do is to say, okay, there's, there's your cap. That's the most money that that person gets. Unless, of course, they're actually actively helping with the Kickstarter. So, um, uh, I, so I, I, I guess I'm just kind of feeling a little bummed because, like, for this, for this current Kickstarter, I worked it out so, so different parties got a different percentage. And then um, I hit a little bit of a problem in that. It's like, okay, it's time to announce a stretch goal. I didn't think we would need a stretch goal that, like, we would probably either barely get funded or go just a little bit over. Stretch goals are usually going to be like, okay, if we got another $10,000, we'll do this. So suddenly we're like, oh, I guess we're going to need a stretch goal. So I went to go talk to the other people who get a percentage. And I said, Okay, this stretch goal is going to cost about a thousand dollars. It's like if we get to this, there'll be a thousand dollars worth of extra equipment to buy. And um, so one guy was like, "That's cool, not a problem. I don't. You just, I just, whatever you think is best is fine for me." And the other guy just had a lot of questions and like, "Well, what if this? And what if that?" And it's like a lot of the questions didn't even seem to apply to the question on the table. And so it was starting, the, the back and forth in emails was now up to three days, and there were still more questions. So finally, it's like, you know, it got to the point where it's, it's like, uh, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to run with it, you know. I'm just going to, I'm making the call. So the, the, the moral of the story is, is that I think, if you've got people where it's like their percentage could be impacted, so you have to check in with them, I think that's not a good a good Kickstarter relationship to have. Instead, have a have a collaboration where it's like, um, okay, you're gonna get the, you're gonna get one of these uh, affiliate fee things. You can get the twenty percent like everybody else gets, and then you also get to have this cut for your work on making this. Thing happen. All right. Oh, uh, don't do T-shirts. A lot of people are like, "Oh, if you support my Kickstarter at this level, I'm going to I'm going to give you a T-shirt. If you if you put twenty dollars into my Kickstarter, then you're going to get a T-shirt." So here's where that's a terrible idea. What if you're What if you need six thousand eight hundred dollars to put on your internet show? And, um, and that's why you're doing the Kickstarter. But then everybody just signs up at the T-shirt level. And then you find that you got $6,800 less the cut that goes to um, Kickstarter. And then you find that you're having to spend about $4,500 on T-shirts and mailing them out to people. Then you're left with not enough money to do the thing that you're doing the Kickstarter for to begin with. So I think... Don't do T-shirts. Don't ever do anything where you have to mail something or or get something made. Uh, but especially don't be, don't be mailing. If you're going to do bonus stuff, 
it's stuff that you can uh, distribute en masse. Like, like if you've got 500 supporters and you're going to give them uh, a video, then then have a way where you can send it out to all 500 of them in like two minutes, and then and then you're done. That's that's a good bonus thing to have in there. But you know, t-shirts and stuff those will, those will kill you. Um, I think that the affiliate thing that I do is is a really good thing. We were talking earlier about Kickbooster. Kickboosters, uh, I've I've signed up for Kickbooster and I've supported several Kickstarters with Kickbooster. It's been a yeah, it's been an all right thing. Um, I I think that you know offering the affiliate thing around is a is a smart thing. However, it is you go about doing it. Um, let's see. And I think. Okay, now, Erica, you had something about practice and preload. Did you already talk about that? Yeah, I think I, I went over both of those. Just if you if you can take the time to do a tiny one for something that you are already planning to do, like I'm going to show you a video of my tomato seedling. <laughs> it's already in the can. You know, and do it for $20 and see how the whole process works. There are specific things that you have to allow time for that can really impact your ability to deliver if you're not careful. Um, what, Juliana, you're, you're probably not going to do anything that would require physical shipping. Is that accurate? Right. One, one of my rewards was to ship myself. Um, but other than that, no, everything else, if it, if it involved talking to them, it was just over the phone or, but mainly it was just supposed to be the video. Well, I guess okay. Wait a minute, it would be the video, because the video is in a DVD form, was one of the options. Okay, so um, I I, I, uh, I got myself into a rather amusing problem with shipping, which was I was, I was going to be out of the country for a month right after the Kickstarter closed while they were taking all the payments and stuff, and then the book comes out, like, you know, Kickstarter closes April 28th, book comes out June 1st. So I'm coming back into the country the you know, two days before the book comes out, I got my first event set up in Washington. Then I'm going to be on the road for about three book tour events. And so I was like, okay, as soon as I get back, I, I'm going to leave it so they can, I did the math. It's like given how frequently people move, going to change. This is going to probably be like 40 people that change their address during mm-hmm. that month. It's like close to a thousand supporters. So it's like, okay, I'm going to leave it open. They can change their address. And then when I get back, I'll say, okay, that's it. We're, we're done changing addresses and I'll pull the final mailing list and I'll, I'll have, I have somebody in Seattle and somebody in Portland that are going to help me ship those books. It's out. There's a 48 hour day. It's like, okay, great. We're sending out the notice to your people that they have to stop changing addresses. And in 48 hours, that's their deadline. And I'm like, crap. Like, so instead of having 48 hours in Seattle to do my final mailing list and get it to my shipper, and 48 hours of biting my fingernails not being able to mm. do that, with literally more books that I could transport to Portland. Right. <laughs> and so it's like the the shipping, that's, that's where I wish I had done a practice one, because it's very hard, even if you have somebody like Paul telling you what to expect, it's very hard to fit it all in your brain until some of it is stuff you're already used to. Right. And you, then you have room for the little details. 
Um, so, I mean, I could have escaped that one by just not letting them change their addresses at all. And just, it might have been simpler in hindsight to deal with a handful of bad addresses than to deal with that delay. Right. Um, so there's, there's a lot of little things like that where doing a practice one in hindsight sounds like an even better idea. It already sounded like a good idea. <laughs> right. Um, so that's what I meant by practice. And then, and then the preload thing is just having not only your rewards that you are listing in your, as you come out the gate, but some things that you could add on that, that fit your audience and fit, fit the, the sort of cross-section. Like for, for us, we figured out if these are people that are buying a book, e-books is a really good bonus item to put out. Another little e-book, they're people who like to read, they're people who like projects. With your folks, probably it's going to be more video than books, and the homesteading audience is like, like the heart of your audience. Right. Um, so... For example, if you would like to do a few recipes, a little a little one page on how to make that thing you the cookies you were making with your kids, or the um, you know how to make the kind of fence you were using for your goats. Like if you if you would like me to do a couple of one page write ups that go with a video, mm-hmm. I could do something like that for you. But I would strongly encourage you to, to have me do it before you launch so that you have <laughs> it in the can and you know for absolutely sure that that's ready or that you can bring it out later as a bonus. I don't know if that would be a strong thing for your audience because I don't know if that's the sort of thing they want. Well, I would actually love to see it just to see what it looks like when you do it because it's not my strong point to write professionally. And I would be I would be really interested to see the the dynamics of what that would look like. To tell you the truth. So just as a side note, if you want to send me, like, say, have you got a couple of episodes where you showed something that you think would be really good to have as a hands-on, like, like how-to yeah. recipe? Mm-hmm. So send send me three links. Okay. Um, and then I'll go take a look at it and and see see what I can turn around as, as kind of a key example of what that might look like as a written up thing instead of a video. Okay, thank you. And then if you if you like it, then we can dicker over something bigger or whether I actually might get paid. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, but I just just because you're good at a kind of promotion, I'm not. I'd be willing to, to do three just as a you know as a fun project that we might collaborate. Yeah, that would be awesome. Okay, I've got two things left on my whole list, and I had like 150 things on my list. So we are very close to the finish line. Um, I want to say uh, I've seen some Kickstarters do early bird pricing, and I experimented with it one time. The problem with I had with early bird pricing is I did it on my Wood Burning Subs 2.0 uh, Kickstarter, and I – no, wait, I did it on the uh, – Playing cards. That's right. On the, on the permaculture playing cards. And I said, if you are one of the first hundred people that you could have a brick, 12 decks for a hundred dollars. And after that, it's a hundred and twenty dollars. And I think that people kind of got the people that got to, after the early bird thing was full and it just sat there, uh, unful, you know, already filled up. You can't have it. Um, I think that what happened was is that people were kind of like, uh, um, well, I don't want to pay $120 because it's obviously – because other people got it for $100. Now $120 just seems too high. So 
I have not done early bird pricing since then. Now I do know I have noticed that on uh, Olivier's current Kickstarter that he had an early bird price that's all filled up, but apparently once it's full, it gets moved to the bottom. Um, so that's a little bit better, but I still think that it's problematic. So I'm going to suggest that people don't do the early bird pricing. Um, and the final note, which has been mentioned a little bit already, but I, 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 it's worth putting emphasis on, obligation is poison. And so when the editor flaked out on me and then I'm left needing to fulfill all these orders and I don't have the time to do the editing myself, that was some very serious poison to me. And um, so I think basically a, a lot of Kickstarter is all about um, uh, what you promise you're going to do in the future, which, you know, it means a big gob of poison. So I wish to suggest to anybody that is thinking of doing a Kickstarter to get as much of the work done ahead of time as is reasonable to, to not ask for the money until you're much closer to the finish line. Um, it's possible that if you don't get funded that those things that you've created could be recycled into something else. Um, but it's, it's uh, something where the poison factor of obligation is poisonous to big. I, I think that for my next DVD project, that if I were to do another DVD project, I would uh, not do it as a Kickstarter unless we're to the point that the, the DVD editing is like 90% or more complete, uh, as opposed to, uh, you know, in the last project where it's like the Kickstarter was to do the editing. Um, so that's it. That's the end. Do you guys got anything else? I, I got one more thing. Okay. Um, you told me this as a warning, and it was very, very useful um, because I really like pleasing people. But you were saying you're always going to have stragglers who can't, like, like they've got their spam filters set so they don't get your deliveries, and they're going to have complaints about things like that. And it's just, like, just you, you have to set your terms in such a way you can feel good about saying, okay, no, I did what I said I would do. And if you nailed your mailbox shut or connected it to your shredder, that's not my problem. And I think I think a great thing is, so is worth these days thinking about that. If you like, if you're going to deliver videos, go ahead. Okay. Oh, I was waiting for you to finish. Go ahead. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah. No. Like if I had said you can you can pick up all these free goodies within one year after the book comes out, then I'd be done by now. <laughs> and as it is, you know, my my Scubbly store closed, and so I put out a nice little announcement saying, oh, the store closed if you didn't download it yet. And I'm still getting people like, oh, yeah, I think there was a download. I missed it. And it's like, you know, I'm going to put a lot more time and effort into that than Paul because I'm um, a pushover that way. <laughs> but but if you can if you can kind of set things up in your head, knowing there will be stragglers, knowing there will be people who have tech support issues, and making it clear in your 
mind what you're offering and making it clear when you write the rewards and write the description, like the fine print is, you know, this, these rewards will be available for with a 30 day download window to give you plenty of time to pick it up. But you're not promising that it'll still be there for them in five years when their computer crashes. Right. Yeah. I've had some bizarre stuff. I mean, like just recently somebody was saying that uh, they supported the world domination gardening uh, Kickstarter. That had to be like, I think it was like three or four years ago, three years ago. It was three years ago. And, um, and, and so then basically part of my response was, is it's like, okay, yeah, your reward, we, we sent that out three years ago and we sent you eight emails. Um, and, uh, then the company that we used to hi- that we hired to provide it to you, they've since gone out of business. And so, you know, we don't have those records. Uh, so, this is a little awkward. I, I think that uh, three years is probably plenty of time. I mean, you know, why did you not open your emails? Did you, you know, what happened there? Um, so, but at the same time now, it's so few people are left that are doing that, that it's like, ah, I don't feel so bad about it now. But, and, and really it's like if they write and they're lovely about it, I'm kind of like, oh, okay. Let's figure it out. But when they write and they're dicks about it, they're kind of like, um, you know, hey, I paid for this three years ago. Where the fuck is it? And and it's, you know, then I'm kind of like, oh, oh, you pushed that button. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, no, I – uh I'm also finding it's really useful for me to keep a folder where I put all the things in one folder as I deliver them so I know what I've already delivered. I can count, like when I said I'd do eight monthly do-it-yourself updates and then things happen and some of them came out late. Like, But I can count how many I've done so I know when I've met my obligation. I know when I've been something extra beyond it. And then I can I have sort of a firmer standing to say, nope, we did deliver what we said we would. And I'm, you know, I'm sorry that wasn't clear. Would you like to buy it? Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, we've had some of that too, where people are like, uh, they bought the digital download. They, we've, we've got proof that they downloaded it. And then they're like angry that they didn't get physical DVDs and they're demanding the physical DVDs. We've also had some problems where people were like, uh, where we, uh, said, okay, you can get digital download or you can get HD streaming. And uh, for a higher price, you can have HD streaming. And uh, they paid for digital download, and then they're kind of like, but I want, you know, I, or they, they actually were very demanding that they want to do download, um, but they want HD download. And and it's like, well, we didn't we didn't offer that. And it's like, I don't care whether you offered it or not. You're going to provide it. And, and it's like, oh, let's see how this turns out for you. <laughs> and it turns out we didn't provide it. Wow. <laughs> um, so there's there's been, I mean, we haven't had too many. There's been like, I think, six people with each Kickstarter that have been like super angry and nuts over, like they just made shit up. Total fiction. Uh, one guy went and wrote all over the internet about how awful we were 
because he paid $55 and didn't get the $100 reward. Um, and, and he got his $55 reward, but he didn't care. He wanted the $100 reward, and he plastered it all over the Internet, how we were terrible people because, you know, he he paid for uh, he paid for a Volkswagen, but he demanded a Mercedes. Um, so, which just struck me as weird. And he found people that would that were like trying to comfort him. Like those guys are such dicks for not giving you a Mercedes when you paid for a Volkswagen. You know they should they should give you the Mercedes for free. So. Um, odd shit. There's some odd shit that happens, but fortunately, it's the exception, not the norm. All right. I see you guys both have your mics. I, I also did find that. I was trying to pop back in. Okay. I found that the that the vast majority were extremely supportive. You know, we had a couple of things where a, a medical situation came up, and I had people emailing me privately to tell them about their family stuff and, and tell me, you know, do what you need to do. Um, and so, you know, vast, vast majority, very supportive, and it's a it's a medium that lets you connect with people, and and when it's done well, it does feel like a collaboration that's that's going both directions. Um, so yeah, it's the the folks that are, you know, rude about it are the exception, but it's worth it's worth noticing. All three of us cater to an audience that likes to go off grid, and that means we might even have a slightly higher proportion of the people who forget their password over the weekend, or like only get internet at the library and didn't see it in the last two weeks, and it's like. So yeah, you know, you just you be clear from the get go about what you're offering and what happens if they're, you know, if they're late picking it up, maybe you have a little, you know, they can pay an extra dollar and get into this little private spot where they can re-download things or whatever. But you know, figure out figure out how you're gonna make peace with saying no when it comes time to say no. Because you have a big audience this goes well. You will have a large number of successful deliveries and a large number of little witchy ones. Well, that's encouraging. <laughs> Something to look forward to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, Ernie, Ernie, Ernie thinks I should be able to say fucking no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if you like that sort of thing, come on out to the forums at permies.com where we talk about crowdfunding homesteading and permaculture. permaculture all the time all the time don't forget go out to patreon.com/paulwheaton and make a pledge for future artifacts <laughs>